As a woman, we deal with many concerns on a day-to-day basis, and our safety is one of them. As a woman, do you feel safe? Today, we're doing a safety check as we discuss Do You Feel Safe as a Woman on today's episode of The Real Girlfriends Across America. Stay tuned. Tonight's show. Um, we are the Real Girlfriends Across America, and we are a company that has a foundation and a mission to build lifelong friendships with the women across the globe. And we bring you hot new topics every Sunday through Thursday. Tonight, I have on the phone with me Amanda, um, Destiny, as well as Tawanda and Kay and Annie, um, as we discuss Do You Feel Safe as a Woman? How's everyone doing today? Good. How are you? Great. Doing amazing good. as usual. Good, good, good. Um, okay, so I'm going to start off with you, Annie. Um, now, on a day-to-day basis, do you feel safe as a woman? You know, uh, yeah, pretty much. But, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, like, out late at night all the time. I, uh, you know, I don't take as many risks as I used to when I was younger. Um I guess the experience of not having felt safe before and being in situations that um, caused huge trauma in my life, um, I've learned how to avoid being unsafe, I guess. Okay, and how so? How do you avoid it? Uh, you know, I don't walk down a dark alley at night by myself with my boobies hanging out. Um, I try to <laughs> carry um, pepper spray uh, just in case because sometimes, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You got to be aware of your surroundings. Um, pay attention to people that are around you and what's going on around you, um, because you know you always want to make sure that you know there's a, find a way out always. Exactly, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, finding your, a way out um, if you do feel unsafe. And I'm gonna ask you, Kay. I know that um, like a few of us, you have traveled and you're in a new um, environment now. Do you feel safe in that new environment? And did it take you a while to feel comfortable in your new environment? Um, for the moment, I feel enough. I don't feel like I'm gonna be attacked or anything. When I first moved, I didn't really feel safe, but that's probably um, largely a part of just moving to someplace new and the environment is unknown and you know you don't know anybody things can feel a little bit scary. So, yeah, but I feel okay right now. Okay. And what about you, Destiny? On a day-to-day basis, do you feel safe? Um, yeah, I'd have to say since I um, moved up here well, with someone, I, I feel safe. Okay. And what about you, Tawanda? I also know that you travel a lot and um, you're, you know, constantly – 
traveling to new different, um, you know, states and environments. Um, how do you, like, do you, is it um, easy for you to adapt to new surroundings? Do you uh, feel a bit unsafe when you're in a new environment? Those are all good questions. I really want to kind of deal with what Annie said in the beginning about, you know, now versus when we were younger. Because when I was younger, I took a lot more risks and I was a little more careless. However, over time, I've gotten a lot more cautious, a lot more smart, and I take a lot more precautions. So now, basically, the first thing I realize is I know anything can happen to me or anyone else. A lot of times, people take things for granted. I don't. And I live very safely with starting with um, using a P.O. box. I don't travel in strange places openly. When I say openly, I do travel alone, but it's normally a pattern that I actually am leaving. I'm going to call someone, notify them when I get there. I'm not stopping and talking to strangers. So, yeah, I, I definitely feel safe because I'm extremely cautious, and I work in the field of dealing with people that have been attacked. And I've just learned some of the mistakes that they've made and that they've shared, and it has helped me to be able to, to live. And I go to new places all the time. I'm always scoping things out when I meet with people in public places, and I'm taking extra steps to make sure that I do stay safe. Okay. And in, in your travels, have you ever been put in a situation where you didn't feel quite safe, and what did you do in that situation? Well, unfortunately, I think I told a story on here one time before. Um, this wasn't, I didn't really, well, two situations. One was a guy at a gas station um, that had asked to, to borrow some money because he had left his wallet. It was really a scam. But the thing that I learned from that is <clears throat> I was not paying attention. I was at the gas station pumping gas, and I was on the phone. This Caucasian guy that looked very nice, um, driving an SUV, came up to me and said, excuse me, ma'am, oh, my God, I left my wallet at home. You know, can I get, you know, some money for gas? And I didn't pay any attention. I gave him a $20 bill. I said, you can have 10 Bring my change back. And I'm still on the phone like a fool running my mouth. He went in the store. I saw him in line. He came back out. He gave me my 10 He got in his car. And he left. And I, I wasn't really – that wasn't a scary situation, but it was really me talking to a stranger, pulling out money because I, I was pumping gas. I stopped. I went to my back seat, grabbed my wallet, and pulled out a $20 bill. Everything I did about that whole incident was reckless. And afterwards, I just really scolded my own self. And then one time before, many years ago, I was driving, um, I think I, I was driving Lyft. No, I, I, I was driving Uber when I lived in Florida. And I had an unsafe situation with the guy that I picked up. Um, it wasn't from a club. It was from, I think, a wrestling match or something. But anyway, he was drunk. And it was one of the only incidents I had that made me feel very, very unsafe he was like seven feet tall. He didn't want to get in the back. He wanted to get in the front because he was so tall. And then when I took him to the address, he said it was his girlfriend's house, so he couldn't really get in. Then he wanted to go to two different addresses. And then he looked at me and asked me about going to my address. And what I ended up slickingly getting him out of the car. Um, when we went to the last place, he had to walk up to some kind of gate. And then when he got out the car, the gate wouldn't open, and he was coming back from my car, but then I just left. And I panicked, I notified the company, and I was just really terrified and probably didn't drive for a long time because, again, I know that things can happen. And I'm not one of those people that think it can't happen to me because I actually have a very good friend from high school that was actually attacked. And I remember her telling her story saying, I never thought it would happen to me, and that hit home to me. 
true. Yeah, I, I think that that says, um, a lot of people do think that, you know, this can't happen to me or they um, tend to, like, you know, just live their life and not even think of the dangers in which um, they're doing their everyday thing and where it could be dangerous and it could be, you know, just, like you said, um, you going in the back of your car not thinking that someone could have easily, you know, ran up on you and, you know, ended harm. Yes, ma'am. And it was, I'm going to ask you the same thing, Annie. Um, have you ever put yourself or ever been in a situation where you felt unsafe, and what did you do? Oh, God, more times than I can count. Um, <laughs> like I said, I've, I've, um, I'm, the, I'm the victim of uh, rape and assault when I was a teenager. So um, I started off pretty early with uh, having to learn about being on, on guard and cautious because I was not. Um, you know, for me, the biggest thing was, trusting people that knew people that I knew um, as if I knew them myself. And that that's a mistake that people make very often, um, you know, as, as an attacker being somebody that you know or somebody that knows who you know or whatever. You know what I mean? Somebody that you know knows them, so you think that you're safe yeah. and you're not. So that's, you know, that's a huge thing. Okay. And um, are you, have you overcome that situation? And I'm sure you learned from it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been years. Um, and I've had other things happen since then. Um, it's just been a long, a long life. You know, shit happens and we have to work through it. It makes us better people, we hope. Um, and that's why I like to talk about things, because I know that I, I would have heard people talking about things. Maybe I could have been a little more aware. I wouldn't, I, you know, I don't regret things. I wouldn't change things. However, I would love to be able to change somebody else's path a little bit if and avoid the pain that I had to go through, um, because it's a lot, you know, especially when you're in a situation like that, a lot of the times the victim, and in my case, I felt, I felt like I deserved it, that I did something wrong, that I, it was my fault. And it took me a really long time um, up until like my late twenties, really to, uh, to get over the fact that it was not my fault and that, you know, it really, it really can mess with your head. Yeah, that is true. And I'm going to um, ask you definitely the same thing. Have you ever been put in a situation where you felt unsafe, and what did you do? Oh, yeah. Um, plenty plenty of times, actually. I, I, well, you guys know I go to karaoke a lot, and with me being in a wheelchair and being blind, but also, like, not, not really... Um, having someone there to like there to see see who's coming and see what's coming at me. Um but I do I do call first and I do let people know, hey, I'm on my way and I let them know when I when I get there. But with me traveling alone I yeah, you just gotta be aware of your what's around you. Yeah, I agree. Definitely um, should know your surroundings and, you know, or try, try to travel with someone um, so that you're not alone if you're in a, a new situation. Right. And what about you, Kay? Um, have you ever been in a situation where you felt unsafe? And in that situation, what did you do? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go back some years. How old was I? I must have been, I think I must have been in my 20s. No, I wasn't in my 20s. I must have been like 18 or 19. I was between 18 and 20. 
And okay. uh, so um, I used to, this was when I still lived in California in the Bay Area. And uh, my friend and I, we were in the Fruitville district, um, which is um, like where mainly the um, the Latino population would live. And we would go there for like really awesome food. And, you know, they would have like um, street festivals, things like that. So we would go there. And while we were there, some guy started talking to me while I was with her out. Was he standing over there? I think he he was in his van or got out of his van or something. Anyways, he was like, oh, hey, I know you. And I was like, you know me. I don't know you. And he was like, yeah, I know your brother. I was like, my brother? And he was like, yeah. And he named my street that I grew up on. It was um, in Oakland. It was East 17th. And he named the street and he named my brother. And I was like, oh, he does know my brother. That's weird. And he was like, yeah. And so then um, he was like, oh, we should meet up and just chill sometime right I was like well whatever and I thought about it I was like well you know he knows my brother I don't know why I was just super naive anyways <laughs> so I agreed to like meet up with him and um he picked me up and we drove uh in his car and he was like so where do you want to go and I was like um I don't know like we can go anywhere so that was the dumb thing to say so don't ever say that if a guy asks you where you want to go. Don't say don't take me anywhere because he will. <laughs> and uh, this this man took me, and, and, and for those of you who are not familiar with Oakland at all, uh, you won't know the significance of this, but he took me down to East Oakland down the 80s. And this is probably, I mean, other than West Oakland back in that time, East Oakland was probably the worst place a young, naive little girl like myself should be at any time of the day or night. (laughs) So he took me down there, took me to some little off-the-street hamburger joint where, like, you couldn't even go inside. It was like one of those ones where you stand up to get your burgers and fries. Now the burgers were okay. But I'm already like, this is not what I meant by anything. So then he's like, what do you want to do next? And I'm like, I don't know. We can do whatever, which was also a bad thing to say. (laughs) I should have learned my lesson the first time. Apparently I didn't. And so this man (laughs) decided, and this, he took me all throughout the 80s and 90s in his his van. Uh, And I should have known something was up when he had a van, but with, 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 with tinted windows. (laughs) <laughs> he took me all up and down the 80s and 90s selling weed out his car and I was like <laughs> this is not what I meant by whatever at all and so then uh at at the last stop at the point like I was I was I was I was like, I didn't even know what to do. I'd never experienced something like this in my whole life. I was, I lived a pretty sheltered life. I mean, I grew up in Oakland, but my parents pretty much, uh, they sheltered me. And so this was my first experience of anything like this. And uh, so he ha- he tells me to go sit in the back, in not the back seat, but the seat that wasn't the front seat because somebody gets in the car. So this dude gets in the car. And he's like, man, I want, I want, you know, whatever. And he was like, you still owe me a dub. And in my head, I'm like, what's a dub? (laughs) (laughs) So they get into this dairy contest. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to die tonight. (laughs) So, you know, me with no filter, I speak up. And I'm like, 
I really don't want to die tonight. And they both looked back at me and realized that I was still in the car. And thank God I was looking cute. So I guess they both decided to spare my life. So the guy that I was with was like, I'll holla at you later. And the guy got out the other guy got out the car. And he was like, so what do you want to do next? And I was like, yeah, I just want to go home. (laughs) (laughs) So he took me home, and he was like, so do you got any friends? And I was like, I wouldn't be a friend if I told them to to you. (laughs) 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 So he took me home, but I told him to drop me off like a block down the street. And I went home, and I ripped up his number, and that was was my unsafe experience. (laughs) <laughs> what, what, that, wasn't that, 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 that New Jack City or something? <laughs> <laughs> I said I think I remember that scene in New Jack City back in the day. Oh well, I don't know. That was that was something that I actually experienced and lived in real time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have one story I can share before we go on our break. Um, there was one time when I was 19, I had just moved out on my own. Um, so I was like, oh, freedom, because <laughs> my parents were so uh, guarded. Um, so I used to do things like leave my house at like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning just to go and grab some food from a diner that was open 24 hours a day. Now, I didn't live in like the worst areas, um, but it wasn't necessarily the best areas um, in Massachusetts. Um, so I lived close to downtown, um, but not, you know, that close enough. And I lived actually near two strip clubs, which is probably why I shouldn't have been out at uh, three o'clock in the morning. But, um, (laughs) I was walking to get some, um, pancakes out of all things. I really wanted some, either either blueberry or chocolate chips. So I was (laughs) leaving my apartment. I was walking on the street and I heard someone behind me. Um, asking me where is so-and-so. Now, I'm bad with directions, so I always tell people I don't know. So he, he's asking me where whatever street it is, and I said, oh, I don't know, and I'm, I'm still walking, and I never looked behind me. So he's like, well, where's downtown? Now I'm like, uh, we're kind of downtown? So I'm like, I don't know. And you know, I just say I don't know because I'm like, now you're just pulling at straws. He's asking me whatever. So um, he's like, you don't know where downtown is? And I'm thinking to my head, you don't know where downtown is? So I hear the footsteps uh, getting, like, you know, walking faster. So I just start running. <laughs> and um, so I'm just running and running and running. And then I look behind me eventually, and the person is gone. So I'm like, I, I, at that point, I ran around in a circle, and I went right back home. And I never left out my house again at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. So, yeah, with that situation, I just learned to maybe not leave out so late in the dark. Wait a minute, you said you learned what? Wait a minute, you said you learned what? Not to leave out so late in the dark. Because my my neighborhood wasn't the the worst neighborhood, but it wasn't the best. Um, But I definitely shouldn't have been out at 3 o'clock in the morning getting pancakes. So you don't do that anymore? I'm not going to say I don't do that anymore. (laughs) I just uh, just pick and choose where I do it at. Uh Uh-huh. I just just (laughs) have Okay. <laughs> On that note, we're going to take a break, and when we return, we're going to um, continue with our safety check, and we're actually going to go over um, four safety tips um, that we have found. So we're going to take a break now, and we're going to return shortly. 
Hello, this is Corinne, and here is today's training news break. Dwayne The Rock Johnson purchased the XFL for $15 million today. Dwayne The Rock Johnson purchasing the XFL is a cause for excitement. At least it is indefinitely more interesting than anonymous hedge fund manager emerging as the face of the bankrupt spring football league. But Johnson off-field star power will mean little to the XFL if they can't find better talent. Low-scoring games and sloppy play will continue to repel the masses regardless of who's sitting in the league's executive suite. Johnson is the head of a group that agreed to purchase the XFL for $15 million, according to a news release. His investors include his ex-wife and business partner, Danny Garcia, along with Redbird Capital Partners. The XFL declared Chapter 11 bankruptcy on April the 13th, citing the financial hardships of the coronavirus pandemic. Now that's it for today's training news story. Back to you. Real Girlfriends Across America is on Patreon. Please follow us at patreon.com forward slash Real Girlfriends Across America. We strive to bring good content and we appreciate every show of support. Your donation could make a world of difference. Thank you for listening and all that you do. Thank you guys for sticking while we take those breaks. And um, we are back with our today's topic, with, which is safety check. Um, and I'm going to continue with um, you, Annie. I'm going to ask you this. Um, you know, as a woman, we have to worry about things such as being human trafficking, um, being stalked, robbed, raped, and possibly killed. And there's a whole movement, the whole um, Me Too movement that was actually um, created or generated after several women um, reported being victimized. Um, now, Annie, do you feel like just because you're a woman, you're more um, of a target to be victimized? Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much, yes. I mean, it is, It is. I guess it's just something that's out there that women are, are expected to be more frail and, and not want to fight back um, and easier to control, especially by a, a man or somebody bigger than her. Um, and I think a lot of women don't stand up for themselves, so it it creates this stereotype and this this social acceptance of women not not standing up for themselves and not being you know able to to handle themselves. Um, but see, I I don't know. I was a volunteer firefighter years ago, and I was able to go through some uh, like defense classes and stuff. Um, so it really like changed my opinion of myself and, and changed my life really. Okay, and, and um. There are four safety tips um, that I was able to find. Um, I'm going to go over those um, that list quickly before I move on to um, have others answer the same question. Um, so the first um, safety tip that was suggested was to pay attention to your surroundings, like we mentioned before. Um, the second one is listen to your gut. Um, so if your gut is saying, don't go down that street, listen to it. Um, three is have a plan. Um, so either if your plan is to try to figure out um, how I'm going to escape, how I'm going to um, just um, arm that person or, or possibly, you know, get away from them, just have a, a plan. And then the fourth um, 
tip is to fight to escape. Um, so if you're already obviously um, in direct, direct contact or, or contact with the person, um, the suggestion is for you to fight so that you can escape. Um, so I'm going to move on to Tawanda. Um, do you feel like you're more of a woman? Uh, I'm sorry, you're more of a target just because you're a woman. <laughs> ah, I am not a woman. I am a beast, and I am definitely not a target because <laughs> I would kill somebody <laughs> straight up. Um, real quick, in reference to the tips you said, I remember I went to a self-defense class one time, and they talked about if someone tries to kidnap you, do everything you can to get away while you're there, scream, et cetera, et cetera. And they said you got a better chance of doing that there because if they take you to another spot, you're probably going to get killed. Um, so, yeah, I did yeah. what you said. The second thing is um, I think that us as women, especially these days and times, we need to all go to self-defense classes. We need to learn how to fight karate, and we even need to be at the gun range. Take nothing for granted. We got to be prepared, especially if you're not married. And just really to, to again, answer your question, I say no because I, I've always been extremely careful and cautious. And, of course, anybody can still be a target, of course, of course, of course. But I, I, I know it can happen, and I'm always watching, and I'm very careful, and I'm always praying, and I'm always looking. And I had somebody tell me one time, um, I worked with a guy at a company years and years ago, and he, he said, let me ask you a question. Um, I'm like, yeah. He said, are you in the witness protection program or something? And I said, the witness protection program? <laughs> he was like, yeah, you just come late, leave early, nobody knows your routine, and blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, and, and, and I'm glad he noticed that, and I did that because I just don't take things for granted. I've, I mean, i worked with people for so long, and most people think, oh, it's never going to happen. So, yeah, I, I could be a target, um, Corinne, but I do everything I can to not be. Okay. And, and, yeah, and I like the fact that you mentioned about the routine. That's the one thing that I've always said that no one can really follow my routine because it's so sporadic and so everywhere. And that's how a lot of people um, get caught up in a way. So they'll, you know, follow their routine, and that's how, you know, they'll say, okay, I know this person is going to be sitting on a bus stop every day at 5, so if I wanted to try to approach them or, you know, try to do something mischief, um, basically they already know their routine. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And um, okay, I'm going to ask you the same question. Um, do you feel like you're a target because you're a woman? Um, I think that in general women are targeted more. Um, I myself feel as though I'm probably less of a target than other women because um, because the environment that I grew up in, like, you can't show fear. Um, if you show fear, you become a target. So you just don't show fear. It's better to get angry than to be fearful. So I don't think right. that um, that I am a target as much as maybe other women would be. There are situations that I've heard where some women are like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. And I'm like, why would you act afraid? Like, you literally just put a target on yourself. <laughs> so I don't oh. think that I'm um, – yeah, I mean, I, it, women in general are just going to be targeted more than men. That's just statistics, right? But you can make yourself less, more of a target um, by, by, by showing your fear, so – Right. And, and I always say, like, if, 
like one little thing that I do just I feel like it leads so that I'm not a target is I won't leave my house at nighttime with a purse because I feel like that is saying I'm a target rob me I have something in here and I'm gonna, as um, I know we just got a new, I'm sorry no go ahead Oh, I was just going to um, ask the new caller that on really quickly before we end the call. Um, the same question. I believe that's Amanda. Do you feel like you are a victim because you're a woman? Or you're a target to um, be a victim because you're a woman? It is Amanda. Um, I I think that I have to be more aware as a woman, like aware of my surroundings. I think sometimes, like, I'm not given as many opportunities as maybe somebody that's like me but would be male. Okay. And I would love to continue going on with the subject. I know that I didn't get to ask everyone the last question. Um, However, we are coming to the end of the show. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Thank you for sharing. Um, We hope that our uh, listeners at home got something useful out of this. And um, everyone, um, definitely stay for the outro. And again, we um, love the fact that you are on the line, and we love our listeners. Thank you. Great topic, too. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of The Real Girlfriends Across America. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. We're here Sunday through Thursday at 9 p.m. EDT time or 6 p.m. PDT time. Make sure you tune in on all of our platforms, and that's anywhere where podcasts are being played. Make sure you visit us at www.realgirlfriend.org or on Instagram at realgirlfriend7, that's the number 7, Twitter at realgirlfriend7, or on our Facebook page at Real Girlfriends Across America. We can't wait to chat with you next, and until next time, have a great and awesome day.